This is the Action Network Podcast. And this one is good. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strong Side Fridays here on the Action Network podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Anderson, here with Raheem Palmer, and we are getting you ready for Championship Sunday. And boy, if this lives up to even a half of what we got on last weekend, that was like Championship Weekend and then some. Raheem, do you think that we have even a shot at getting anything close to that this weekend? you got the Cincinnati Bengals playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Those two teams have already played an exciting football game this year. The Rams and the 49ers, the division rivalries, third time playing this year. So I think we're going to get, we're in for a weekend of exciting football, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I'm excited to watch. Championship Sunday is always a good one. I think we'll get at least one good game. I have a feeling we're going to get one blowout. I don't know which one, but, you know, it's hard to get that classic of a Sunday two weekends in a row, but we'll see. We'll see. It's been a very parody-driven year, so that leads to some fun games and close finishes, and we've had a lot of those from these teams. So we're going to do both games. That's basically it today. We're just hitting the games. We're going to talk a little bit at the end. You know, Raheem and I both have been on 49ers Futures, and we are right on the precipice now getting a lot of questions from you all about what do we do with our futures? Do we hedge? Do we ride them out? We're going to talk about that a little bit as we wrap up as well. Of course, as always, odds today are from BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. And that's about it. Let's get down to business and pick our first game. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. So let's get down. Let's get down to business. So let's get down. We start out in Kansas City. In Arrowhead, the Cincinnati Bengals head to Kansas City. That matchup you talked about last week was, or the match we talked about earlier was in Cincinnati in week 17. This one's in Kansas City. The Chiefs are seven and a half point favorites right now, seven at mini books. So we'll see where this one ends up. The total is at 54 and a half. So I know we're going to talk about the total in a little bit, but I want to start with that week 17 game. So the Bengals won 34-31, very much a tale of two halves sort of game. Chiefs came out early, had the comfortable lead. They led by 14 three times in the first half. Bengals come all the way back, steal the win. That game was earlier this month. We don't normally get these rematches so close to one another. What's your takeaway from that game and how much should what happened that game uh, impact what we think here? The Chiefs defense really hasn't improved. We came into that game thinking that the Chiefs defense was it was absolutely dominant and one of the best defenses in the league over the last nine weeks of the season. But when you look at the Chiefs, who who have they played? They played the Giants. They played the Steelers. They played the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. They have played the Raiders twice, the Broncos twice. They played the Cowboys. And we all know that since Dak Prescott's injury, they were never the same. So they came into that game coming off beating the Steelers 36 to 10. And they, they came back against the chargers, but the Chargers were the best offense they had faced during that stretch. So when the Bengals went out there and just kind of carved this team up, 
offensively with Joe Burrow going for 446 yards, four touchdowns, and Jamar Chase going for 11 receptions and 266 yards for three touchdowns, we kind of saw the Chiefs get exposed defensively. We did, and it definitely was not what I expected that game. What I expected was the first half. I thought that the Bengals, I didn't even know that they were a playoff team. I was betting on teams like the Steelers to win the division and get that last playoff spot in place of the Bengals because I thought they would lose that game. Early on, it looked like they would. The Chiefs were in control. The Bengals' defense was not getting the job done. And then things really flipped. But as I went back and kind of studied that game this week, I initially kind of felt like you did take away from that game that I don't know if I would say exposed. That seems like a little bit, a little too much for me. The Chiefs defense has been good. But looking back, I feel like this game went, you know, top two or three percentile outcome of what it could have for Cincinnati and that they had so many things go right their way just to barely eke out this not miraculous victory. We're not talking Chiefs bills here, but it really, really shouldn't have won the game. So you mentioned the lines for Burrow and Chase, monster, monster games and yardage. Two of those touchdowns for Jamar Chase came on just one, a huge bomb over the top. You know, I was going to get that one. And then another one where it was really just an underpass that Chase just broke through the entire defense. And Jamar Chase is great, but he's not Terry Kill. He's not going to break that one too often. So last game when they played, Joe Burrow had 264 yards after the catch on his passes. That's almost as many yards as Mahomes had the entire game. Kelsey and Tyreek Hill had only 65 yards and 17 targets. So they basically got completely shut down. Chase and Higgins were winning all game on man. The three, the, those two picked up three pass interference penalties and another penalty. We talked after the game, too. The Chiefs were just crushed by penalties in that game. You and I were texting earlier. Right before halftime, there was a kickoff return. The Bengals got a field goal, kicked it back off under a minute left, and the Chiefs returned it back for a touchdown that would have blown it right back open again, and it got called back on a holding penalty. The Chiefs' special teams has been really good. They had another big kick return called back by a penalty. They had another 29-yard point return that stood. In that game, Joe Burrow had 0.61 EPA per play. That is an outlandishly good number. For comparison, remember last week, Mahomes and Josh Allen, 0.51 EPA per play. So for the Bengals to win, they had to have Joe Burrow play better than the two guys we just saw last weekend. Jamar Chase have like the receiving game of the year all sorts of penalty luck, that wild ending, and all of that just for the Bengals barely to get by. As I studied that this week, that made me really feel like the Chiefs are in control here. You know, I thought that initially, but you do have to look at the fact that Mahomes had a couple of interceptable passes that the Bengals dropped. At the end of the day, it's like when you have that many penalties in terms of pass interference penalties as the Chiefs had, it says something about your inability to cover the opposing team's wide receivers. And it wasn't just Jamar Chase. It was, boy, this game, it closed at Bengals plus three and a half. We're sitting at seven and a half now, seven consensus. To me, that feels like an over-adjustment based on what we saw the first game. And we know that the Bengals actually came out slow. So imagine if they don't come out slow. I just think these teams are a lot closer than what I thought they were back in week 17 when I handicapped this matchup. 
Yeah, that's the scary thing. I mean, that's that's always the scary thing with taking a, a touchdown or more favorite is you just football is hard. It's hard to win by a lot. And it's one thing to be the better team and to need to win by a touchdown or more. But we've seen it with the Chiefs. How many playoff games have we seen Kansas City come out a little flat, immediately get behind? And now if you give up an opening touchdown to the Bengals, you don't just have to have the Chiefs win by seven. You've got a 14-point script that you've got to flip, and that's just to possibly push. If you're on a minus seven, you might need three scores to take the lead. So that's the scary part, just because when you're betting on the big favorite, if you do start a little slow, if the Bengals look good early or get that one fluke touchdown, the one Jamar Chase broken play, whatever it is, it's a lot of ground to make up. Counterpoint, it's Patrick Mahomes. He can do that in like three minutes. He's done that in most of the playoff games. Even in these games where they've fallen behind, they're coming back and winning and covering in most cases anyway. So I, I've got like the devil and angel on my shoulder going back and forth on those things. So looking at the matchup of these two teams, I don't necessarily agree with you that these teams are as close as you're saying they are. So what do you think the Bengals are better at than the Chiefs right now? I think they're a the better defense. I mean, like this Chiefs defense, at the start of the year, we were calling them one of the worst in the league. And then they play a bunch of quarterbacks who aren't even in the top 10 in EPA for play. And all of a sudden we're looking at them like a resurgent defense. So to me, I, I just don't think that they're great defensively at all. Like Buffalo carved them up. Like, and I know it's Buffalo, but like they had no prayers of stopping Josh out. And I, I don't think they're going to have a, a chance of stopping the Bengals next week. I, I don't. So look, all I'm saying is seven is too much. If the line closed at three and a half in Cincinnati, Seven is too much because in today's NFL, we all know home foot advantage doesn't mean that much. Home favorites are 27 and 26 against the spread since 1990 in the championship round. Favorites of seven plus are just 12 and 14 against the spread and 20 and six straight up. Yes, I think the, I think the Chiefs are the better team, but I just don't think they're seven points better at this point. Yeah, it's tough because that line... It, the line being at seven or seven and a half, just that little half point is enough to make me tilt a little bit to one side or a little bit to the other side. You know, initially my read on this game was very much in line with you. This is, I think, maybe our first playoff game where we're kind of battling head to head a little bit here. Mm. In my initial write-up early in the week, I picked the Bengals at seven and a half. If it's still a seven and a half, maybe it's still a Bengals pick. I think it might not have just being a stay away from me. If you can get the seven, I don't think we're going to get under a seven again. We got that right when it opened. That's not coming back. But at the seven is just that little key number. And even the Patrick Mahomes trends, they change from seven and below to seven and a half above. And that, that little key number, that half a point makes a big difference. I just, I don't know that the Bengals are, are really better at much of anything. The offense clearly is not better. They can run the ball a little better, but I think to a detriment. We've talked a lot about how they've overcommitted to the run game. And even looking back again, they did that a lot against the Chiefs. I think there's a serious, huge coaching mismatch here. Anyone would agree with that. Andy Reid and Zach Taylor. And Zach Taylor has been playing conservative ball. That works against the Raiders and the Titans. It's not going to cut the mustard against the Chiefs. You can't keep running the ball on these early downs 
and setting you up for, for late downs in a hole, the Chiefs defense by DVOA, 20th on first down, 27th on second down, but 10th on late downs. They're actually a decent defense on late downs and good this season. They've been a top 10 defense the last eight weeks compared to 31st before that. And we know the Bengals O-line can't protect. Chris Jones had a couple sacks last game uh, against the Bengals. The Chiefs had four sacks. I think one thing we'll see different, I hope we'll see different as a possible Chiefs backer. Spagnolo was really aggressive last game. A lot of blitzing. You can't blitz Joe Burrow. He is carving up the blitz and you're leaving your corners on an island and Burrow and Chase were lighting that up. I think the D-line can get home without blitzing. And if the Bengals get in these negative scripts and if the defense is even just as good as the Chiefs, but not significantly better, we know the special teams for the Chiefs are great. We know the Chiefs coaching is awesome. I just don't know where the edge is. And I was ready to say, well, seven and a half is just too much. The, the Bengals are going to score. The back door will be open. We saw how much they score. But the Bengals just have a lot of flaws. They're 31st in defense on first down. They're 29th in offense DVOA in the first quarter, 28th in the second quarter defensively. I just think the Chiefs are a much better team. And if I can get the seven, I think I'm willing to lay the seven here. I mean, for me, the play that I think is the one that I, I, I really find an edge is I like the over. I like the over 53 and a half. I played that. I think it's up to 54 and a half. I still would play it up to 55. Since 1990, championship game overs are 37, 23, and two. That's 61.7%. Eight and two to over in the last five years. But look, looking at these two teams, they put up nearly 900 yards of offense in the last time that they played. And both teams were over seven yards per pass. I just don't see any prayer of these teams stopping each other. And when you look at the Chiefs, they put up over 30 points in pretty much every single home playoff game that they've ever played. And we all know when it comes to the Bengals, they play just the 14th ring schedule of opposing offenses. And this is a team that's given up 34 points to the Jets, 41 points to Baker Mayfield and the Browns. Last week against the Titans, they gave up almost 8.5 yards per pass, and they almost gave up seven yards per play, but Ryan Tannehill turned the ball over at will. When you look at the, the game against the Raiders, the Bengals went out there and pretty much let the they let the Raiders into the, to the red zone five, six times. They just couldn't score touchdowns. We know the Chiefs are going to score touchdowns in this one, and I just don't, I don't have a ton of respect for this Chiefs defense. I think they're going to have issues with the Bengals Offense as well. And look, when you look at pro football focus, Joe Burrow is dominant under pressure. He actually has a higher passer rating under pressure than Patrick Mahomes. He has 91.1 passer rating under pressure. Patrick Mahomes has just a 75.2 passer rating under pressure. When his pocket is clean, Joe Burrow has 113 passer rating. So Joe Burrow has just been dominant. So I think when you have these two quarterbacks in this game, in this spot, this is going to be a high-scoring game. I'm going over. The over case makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm probably not going to play the full game over, but I'm going to zoom in. I'm taking the second quarter over, over 16 and a half in the second quarter. Basically, everything you just said. I agree with all of it. I don't trust the defenses here. I trust the points. I think that we could get some emotional letdown for both these teams after tough wins last week. Could get a slow start. But second quarter defense, if you look at DVOA, 
Bengals are 28th in second quarter defense and the Chiefs are 31st. So that's two of the bottom five second quarter defenses in the league. I think that maybe we get a slow start, but then the points start to really flow in. Bengals offense has really good second quarter numbers too. And we know the Chiefs will kind of get some hurry up and get going. I'm with you on the over. I'm just zooming in on the second quarter over. If you want to zoom in one more time, another way to play the Chiefs in this matchup is to play the Chiefs team total over 31. Like I said before, they've scored 30, over 31 in every single home playoff game. So to me, if they're going to cover that seven, they're probably going to put up over 31 points. So yeah. that's, a, that's another angle I'm looking at. I like that. That makes a lot of sense to me. A couple other trends to note here. In the conference championship since 2004, favorites of more than a field goal are 15 and eight against the spread. So that's a 65% cover rate. Those teams are 19 and four straight up, including teams that played in the season and lost that matchup are six and two against the spread as favorites in the rematch in the playoffs. So uh, I just, the numbers say that at this point of the season, when we get to this stage, if it, if we know a team is a lot better, that team usually proves itself to be a lot better. Patrick Mahomes, lifetime in the playoffs, 7-3 against the spread. We know the three. He lost the Super Bowl. He lost the overtime game to the Patriots in the conference championship. And then, or then, then they didn't cover in that Browns game where he got hurt. So basically, to beat Patrick Mahomes and cover in the playoffs at this point, you either need to have no offensive line in the Super Bowl with the crazy talent Tampa had, or you need that that Patriots overtime, or you need him to get hurt. You so, need Tom Brady pretty much. I mean, you yeah, need Tom Brady much. and his his Brazilian wife's juju. Which... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That. So, so for me, that's why I, I, I'm switching. If I can get the seven, I'm gonna I'm gonna tentatively take the Chiefs minus seven. Uh, I think it's a great spot for a teaser. You mentioned that. I, I just think the Chiefs get this win. So, if the, if for that is seven, you get this down to one. I think it's a good spot there. We like the over, second quarter over. Wrapping this one up, let's say that as we record this Sunday night, the Bengals have won the game. Give me, give me the 22nd. What, what's the reaction? Why did the Bengals win this game? What happened? Patrick Mahomes threw two interceptions. And no, basically Patrick Mahomes threw one interception. And we have a game similar to last week where pretty much the last team with the ball wins. And that's the script. Yeah, I I think like last week, we pretty much knew that if. If the Bills have the ball last, they're going to win. If the Chiefs have the ball last, they're going to win. And Patrick Mahomes has had some rough turnovers this year, and he could he could easily turn the ball over and get the Bengals an extra possession. And that'll be enough to do it. Yeah, I think that's the script. I. I just can't quite get there putting the Bengals in the same group as the Bills. I know what the Bills just did. I know they did it to this defense. I can't quite put Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow in with what Josh Allen just did, but maybe they will. I'm excited to watch this one. I think we're going to have fireworks. We like our overs there. Let's hear a quick word from our sponsor and get to the NFC Championship. The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, 
BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. All right. NFC, second game. San Francisco 49ers. Our San Francisco 49ers. They're making us a lot of money these days. They had to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. The Rams are at three and a half point favorites. They've basically been there the entire week. We're at 45 and a half on the total. Raheem, we've been smashing the Niners for weeks now. We talked them up earlier this week. Has anything changed? Or are you still in on the 49ers? Still in on the 49ers. And first things first, before we get into this game, you know, you're going to hear all week about how it's very difficult for a team to win three times. And we're going to dispel that myth right now. Since the NFL merger in 1970, there have been 22 instances in which a team has swept its divisional foe in the regular season, only to meet again in the postseason. The team who swept the regular season matchup is 14-8 and eight in those games. That includes last year. And, of course, Tom Brady was the one who broke the trend. Before that, was 14-7. and seven. And if you want to get more granular, in four of those instances, the road team has actually completed the sweep. That's something that the San Francisco 49ers are looking to do here. Look, 49ers have dominated this matchup during the Shanahan-McVay era. They're 7-3. and three. And they've won the last six matchups with four of those coming in a role underdog. We all know Kyle Shanahan in the role underdog. He's 25 and 17 at 60%. I like the 49ers in this matchup. I think a big part of it is their ability to dominate on both sides of the ball with the run game. Look, I know this Rams pass rush is first in pass rush win week, and they have 50 sacks on the year. That's third. But they're able to really run the ball and neutralize that pass rush. First two matchups, they had 156 yards, 135 yards, and that opens things up for Jimmy Garoppolo, who's really played well against this team. We look at Jimmy Garoppolo, and two games against the Rams, he was 38 of 51, 498 yards, three touchdowns, and he even led an 88-yard drive for a touchdown to send the game into overtime and then had the game-winning drive in Week 18 to send the 49ers into the playoffs. So a lot of people are going to overreact to what Jimmy G did last week, but I think he's going to have a big game. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you on everything here. We are, we are in on the 49ers, and we ain't going anywhere on this. I agree. We can't make too much of this Jimmy Garoppolo thing. We're not betting on a player. This is not the NBA. This is not one superstar takes over the game, and it's all on them. You're betting on Jimmy Garoppolo in the 49ers system. You're betting on... Jimmy Garoppolo with Kyle Shanahan's play calling with George 
Kittle to throw to with Debo Samuel out of the backfield with Trent Williams and those blockers and in this matchup. All of those things are positives for him. And the numbers have been good. The numbers don't mean Jimmy Garoppolo is an awesome quarterback. They don't need to mean that. They need to say Jimmy Garoppolo's offense with the 49ers is very good. And that's what every number we have says this year and really every year. When Garoppolo is healthy, when they play with all their guys out there, just a very good offense and always has been. You mentioned the Shanahan underdog numbers. Last 19 times the Niners have been underdogs. They have won 12 of those outright. That's almost two out of three times that they win outright as underdogs. They've dominated this matchup, like you said, week 18. They were missing Trent Williams, their best player. They were down 17 nothing. Sean McVay is 46 and one lifetime with a halftime lead. That's the one. He blew the lead. The Niners almost doubled them up in yardage. It didn't, it wasn't as close as the final score looked. The earlier match of the season was 31-10 Niners. They doubled time of possession. Matt Stafford has struggled against this defense. And I think, too, we've got to give credit to this defense. They were awesome, awesome against the Packers. D'Amico Ryans really schemed things up well and, and I think confused Aaron Rodgers. He'll never admit to it, but he was having a hard time getting those reads. They were putting a lot of guys at the line and then dropping coverage. And you mentioned the pass rush win rate as well. That's the scary thing. Because what if Aaron Donald and Von Miller are in Garoppolo's face all game? We don't really trust Garoppolo. We don't want him to have to go win the game. What if he looks like Tom Brady last game? Those guys are in his face. Well, this is not Tampa Bay's offensive line. Donovan Smith was a turnstile last week. Kristen Wirfs was out at right tackle. Both tackles were just open passages. Guys just coming around the edge the entire game. Trent Williams is not going to be doing that. I need to see Trent Williams playing. If he suddenly would be a late late scratch, that would be a huge, huge loss in this game, the way Von Miller is looking. But the Niners actually had more sacks this season against the Rams than vice versa. Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead have also been awesome rushing the passer. And Andrew Whitworth, the Rams tackle, is a question mark. He looks like he'll play too. We think these guys are going to play. It's the big game. But there's just, there's, there's, I, I don't have a hard time finding what about the Rams matching up here that I like? I like so much about the Niners here. I do too. And I think one of the big things the 49ers have in their advantage is that they can generate a pass rush without blitzing. That's something that the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers couldn't do last week. And it ultimately burned them because they tried to tie Bowles, decided to blitz at the end of the game. And Matthew Stafford absolutely destroyed the blitz by, but, but you know, throwing. I'm sorry, Katie just hit me. It threw me off. <laughs> um, okay, so Matthew Stafford absolutely destroyed the blitz by you know throwing a pass to Cooper Cup, which pretty much ended the game. Well, when you look at the 49ers, what they did in that second matchup in Week 18, they actually pressured Stafford 15 times and sacked him five times, and they barely blitzed. So. I just think this is a a really, really, really good spot for the 49ers defense. I I think also when you look at the offense, one of the things that the 49ers do well is they throw the ball to the middle of the field. Yep. So, and that's an area where the Rams struggle to stop because they don't have good linebackers. So if you're able to throw the ball to the middle of the field and you're able to run the ball, I, I just think, 
both sides of the ball, the 49ers have a, a real edge. The only thing that's really keeping us, the only thing that really scares us in this matchup is the Jimmy G variance. We, we all know Matthew Stafford's the better quarterback, but when you look at the coaching advantage, when you look at the edge on both sides of the ball, I think the 49ers have it. Now, there's another thing, you know, people are mentioning the 49ers are playing their fourth straight road. And do you think it's possible they, they can run out of gas? I think it's possible, but, you know, this is not a long road trip. The 49ers are going to take a couple hours, you know, to get to L.A. It's not really a whole lot closer than the L.A. guys are getting to their own stadium. And look, we watched week 18. That was a home game for the 49ers. These Rams, they're they're scared. The Rams ticket sellers are trying to black out tickets from outside of the L.A. market. They know. They know what happened. That was there was red in the stands and loud, loud cheering for the 49ers in Los Angeles. Niners fans, they're going to show up at this game. So I actually think I don't know that there's any real home field advantage at all for the Rams here. This line, I think, is pricing in some home field advantage. So I think that that actually is just going to buy us a little more value on the line. I can't believe truly that this line has never really dropped past the three and a half at least to a three, at least off the hook. For me, that's the one thing that scares me a little bit just because we've been smashing the Niners and so many people have, so many others at Action Network have, and it just feels like this line is begging you to take the Niners as well as they've played when you get that extra half point. But I, I just, I have to do it because everything looks so good. I think the way they're playing right now I actually believe that the 49ers have the better offense and defense right now. Defensively, they're number four in DVOA the last eight weeks into the season. They're number one on run defense. We've said all year, the Rams cannot run the ball. They can't. Cam Makers is back, but averaged two yards a pop last week, fumbled twice, lost his confidence. If you can't run, now the whole thing is Matt Stafford trying to beat this pass rush and trying to get the ball down the field. And I agree. We're nervous about Jimmy Garoppolo. You never know when he might do the thing and throw it away. Guess who else can do that at any given play? Matt Stafford. Matthew Stafford, as you would call him. You got to get the first name out for that man because he can do it too. And we, we don't even need to say the numbers at this point. You know, against teams 500 or better, the man does not get a lot of wins. And he has the last couple of weeks, but I don't want to make too much of beating up on a Bucks team that was missing like half of their starters and almost beat them anyway, and beating a Cardinals team that sputtered down the stretch like they always do, and that that one is the matchup that favors the Rams. That's that's kind of the flip of this one, where the Rams usually get that matchup. So I, I just think that this line, I don't know what it is. Is it, it's, it's... I'm going to tell you what it is. Honestly, you have sharp guys on both sides of this game. So yeah. you got to remember, a lot of the sharper guys came out at the start of the season and took the Rams to go to the Super Bowl. So you're seeing a Rams team at home, and it's so funny because last week, I think you asked me, we, we, did, a, we did this little exercise, and I, I know you guys, I don't know if you guys remember, we did an exercise on who had the most future value. I don't know if you remember, but you took the 49ers, and I took the Rams. And one of the reasons why I took the Rams, despite liking the 49ers in this matchup, is because they have a home game for, at the NFC Championship for the Super Bowl. And, I mean, we both ended up being right because the 49ers and the, and the Rams are here in the NFC Championship game. 
but you give a, a team a home game, an NFC championship game, and you have an opposing team, which has played four straight road games. And there's some questions around Debo Samuels. There's some questions about Trent Williams. And that's why you're going to have sharper guys on both sides. Yeah. So it, it's interesting to see, but I mean, I personally like the 49ers. Look, you mentioned it with Matthew Stafford. He's thrown eight interceptions in the last four games of the regular season. And then he beat up on a, a Cardinals team, which was just never the same after the first 10 weeks of the NFL season. And then he beat up on a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, which had their entire secondary in the hospital. So like, I, I don't, to me, the Rams have to prove it to me. And I, I still think they have some demons that they have to overcome with this 49ers team. So even if the Rams do win, I think at plus three and a half, I think you have a positive expected value wager. We both like the 49ers money line, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm on the Niners to cover. I'm on the Niners money line. I like Niners. You can play them at most books to lead at halftime and then win at the end of the game. Again, we know that Sean McVay stat. If the Rams are leading at halftime, they almost always win. They Only that one week 18 game. So I'm seeing plus 265 there. That's kind of a sneaky way to add a little value to your money line on the Niners if you do that. A um, couple other trends to point out. Another Stafford trend. November or later, playing teams over 500. When he's a favorite, Matthew Stafford is 7-8 and eight straight up as a favorite in those games. So he is just, he's losing more than he's winning in those games. And that includes the last two weeks. Or the, sorry, not last week. He was a dog there, but... That includes the win over the Cardinals, 5-9-1 against the spread in those games, so only 36% cover. I want to add, too, my favorite prop in this game. You kind of hit toward this earlier, and I thought you were going to steal it from me, but I'm going to come back to it. The Rams can't cover the middle of the field. Guess who plays pretty darn well in the middle of the field? It's our guy, George Kittle. So this year, week 18, George Kittle had 10 yards on five catches. Not what you want. But remember, Trent Williams was out. I think he did a lot of extra blocking in that game to help protect. If you look at the games before that, the last six times, the last four seasons, as Kittle played, even if you include that game, here's some of the yardage totals he's had. Four catches for 100, five for 98, nine for 149, eight for 103, seven for 109. Over the last four seasons, even including that Week 18 game, he's averaging six catches for 98 yards, get a touchdown in five of those eight games. So you can get Kittle over 55 and a half yards at plus money right now. You can get him at 75 yards or more, which he's done in five of those seven games, plus 260, plus 580 if you want to go 100 yards or higher. And you can also go over four and a half catches at minus 130. That line is crazy to me. He's gone over that the last seven games against the Rams. So we know Kittle had a big game last week, could have had an even bigger game, had a couple drops that he wouldn't normally have. I think he has a big line here, especially over the middle. Uh, that That's their bread and butter. So I like that one. I like the Niners halftime, full-time, Niners cover, Niners money line. Do you have any other Niners plays here, anything on the total before we wrap up? I'm leaning towards the over. I, I, think, I think this total is starting to get a little bit too low. I've seen some 45 and a halfs in the market, which is, I mean, crazy between these two teams. you got two offenses, which are in the top five, top 10 in EPA per play. The 49ers went under last week, and I think they went well under expectation. You just gave out the over on a passing prop. And to me, 
I think you could see Debo Samuels go over 15 and a half yards. I mean, based on what he did, I mean, he's pretty much their all-purpose player. Like, 45 and a half, we're getting to a point where these two teams are familiar with each other. They went over that in both matchups. So, to expect them to go under 45 in today's NFL, that's a little much. So, I'm leaning over, and I actually might play that now. I think we're going to get some points this weekend in both of those games. So as we head out here, we do not have a look ahead this week. All we've got is just one game left after this. We don't need to do our best bets. We just hit them all. But I did want to touch on just for a couple of minutes here. So you and I both have been telling folks on this podcast and on social media, take the Niners futures. So we gave out heading into the week 18 game against the Rams. We gave out on this podcast, 49ers 25 to one to win the NFC 49ers 50 to one to win the Super Bowl. We've given that out, you and I both, multiple times since then, back in the Niners. So I've gotten a lot of questions this week from our listeners. Do we hedge? This is a spot where we're one game away from cashing that NFC ticket. We're two wins away from a Super Bowl cash. We're 25 to 1, and the money line is basically at plus 150 or in that range. So I just want to talk through a little bit. If you're in this spot and you're holding that 25 to 1 ticket on the Niners, would you hedge here, and what's your theory on hedging? If you have them to win the NFC, you can safely hedge with taking the, the Rams money line, and you can guarantee yourself some profit. For me, I'm not really big on if you have a Super Bowl future and hedging right now. Yeah, I think for me it's situational, but the fact that we both like the Niners in this game specifically so much means like we're, we're hedging out of a position that we like here we're giving away value to bet on the team that we don't like in this matchup, which just, it screams bad process. I think a situational, like you said, it's how much, how much will it impact your life if you lose this bet? Or, you know, how much are you looking to get back? So it's, it's, it's situational based on your bankroll. That's the thing here. I'm assuming most of our listeners, like myself, like I just, I have one unit on the Niners. So I want to win. I can win the 25. I can win the 50 units. That's a huge win here. But I don't stand to lose too much. I stand to lose one unit. I got one unit on a very few different NBA props tonight, you know, one each on all those. So that, that's the whole point of kind of managing your bankroll size. If you aren't in so much, like, look, you could bet the Rams are minus 170 in the money line. You could bet 1.7 units to, to basically guarantee that worst case scenario, you come out net even, that you get your money back from your initial bet. If you were in for one unit, your 1.7 units, basically what you're doing is you're sacrificing your 49ers plus 2,500 ticket. You're turning that into a plus 2,330 ticket. That's not yeah. terrible. Yeah, and but, that's but, all, it's always a good thing when you can protect yourself from not losing. Yeah, a couple other things on the numbers. So if you're trying to say, okay, how can I lock in before the game? How do I lock in my max profit here? Again, assuming one unit on that 25 to one, just to give you an idea of what the math is, you would have to bet 15 units on the Rams money line and if you do that, you lock in being up about eight to nine units. You could you could walk away right now, no matter who wins, you lock in eight or nine unit win. But again, we have right now a money line ticket on one game for the 49ers at 25 to one. The money line number is plus 155. If you wanted to be able to bet the money line to win 25 units on just this game, if you're a new better, you got to bet 16 and a half units to get that same payout. We bet one. So I'm not hedging. I like the position. 
if you want to do kind of a sneaky possible hedge, that's an aggressive hedge. You can actually put a little bit on Chiefs over 49ers in the Super Bowl. That exact outcome is four to one odds. If you believe those are the teams that meet in the Super Bowl, but don't necessarily love the Niners in the matchup, you could put like five of the units you think you're going to win this week on that matchup. You lock in a plus 20 if the Chiefs win or a plus 45 units if the Niners end up winning the Super Bowl, only if you get your results this week. So that might be the Raheem play, that if you like what you're seeing, you can just go more all in and get your 25-unit win when the Niners win and then get a little more next week. We all also have the benefit of the live market. So you could actually hope the 49ers go up against the Rams and maybe put something on the Rams. Or, you know, maybe you could look at the game and say, you know what, I don't like this. I don't like how this game is going for the 49ers. Let me just get something down on the Rams. Yeah, and, and the math all changes. The Rams money line is minus 170. If you get close to an even or a plus number on the Rams, you've got a much more favorable opportunity to hedge at that point. So it's everyone's a little different. Uh, don't don't panic here. You've got the winning ticket. You, anyone would kill to be able to buy your 25 to one ticket. Don't give it away and don't give the value away. Keep the value here. That's why we play the game. You play to win the game. Playoffs, right? So yes. I think that's going to wrap it up here at the Action Network podcast. Don't forget to download the Action Network app. If you haven't yet, a lot of good stuff on there. You can see all of our live picks and final decisions on plays there as well. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Listen to Stucky Raybon Six Pack. They got a few more angles on this on both games and cover you here. Raheem and I are back Monday morning to talk through both of these games and everything we saw and hopefully celebrate some big 49ers features coming through for us. I'm Brandon Anderson, and this has been the Action Network Podcast. Enjoy your weekend. Go Niners.